Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. With less than a month to go until December 25th, we've secured an expert who'll be able to offer some timely advice. We'll be speaking to Harry Brightwell of the British Christmas Tree Growers Association. He'll be telling us how to avoid some common mistakes when selecting and caring for a tree that'll be brought indoors. And we'll also hear a little about the fight to supply 10 Downing Street with a tree at Christmas. My thanks to Sutton's, sponsor of this podcast. People often ask, don't you get shorter things to say week after week on your podcast? Quite honestly, uh, so much seems to be happening in our business. Uh, it's a job to keep up. You know, I read this week that uh, the new director, Claire Goddard, appointed at Sir Harold Hillier Gardens, uh, down near Winchester, uh, has overseen the restoration of Victorian gardens at the Cathedral of St John the Baptist in Norwich and was most recently uh, manager of Paynes Hill Park in Surrey. The former director, Wolfgang Bopp, uh, he's gone down to New Zealand and joined the Christchurch Botanic Gardens. When I was there at this time some years ago, the roses were absolutely magnificent. I mean, they were like coconuts. They seemed to really like uh, that bright blue sky that uh, I enjoyed for my day or two staying there. There's news, too, of Ashley Landscape Contractors. They've just completed soft landscaping to a 10 million wave reflection wall at Morecambe with shrubs and grasses coming from Johnson's Nurseries at Wixley in Yorks. We had uh, John Richardson on uh, the podcast here a few months ago, uh, and uh, his nursery supplied 1,700 Pinus Mugo mops. That's the dwarf mountain pine. It grows like a globe. And 600 Cortaderia pumilla. Now, that's a very compact pampas grass. You know, I'd be interested to see, once they get established, seeing uh, 600 of those with plumes blowing in the wind should be pretty spectacular. And then there are 400 silver-leaved santalinas and 200 formiums, all plants, of course, that will put up with some strong wind and a fair bit of salt in the wind. I'm told, too, that uh, some of the poinsettias on sale this year will be a bit smaller because a main supplier of two million cuttings had uh, Bermissia tobacchi, that's a kind of white fly. Uh, and uh, once you have uh, that, then you can't import into Britain. 
Other suppliers took three weeks to take up the slack, so growers had three weeks less growing time and hence the smaller plants. That Bermissia feeds on a very wide range of plants and can carry over a hundred different viruses. Uh, where it gets established, as it has in Spain, parts of Spain and Portugal, Israel and Tanzania, uh, it even stops tomato growing. Fortunately, we don't have it here or in Ireland and Finland and Sweden, and so every effort is being made to keep it out. I hope you haven't given up on your gardens altogether. I spent a good weekend tidying up. Did you know the jobs never end? I spent a good day out on the backyard, uh, just sorting through, clearing out the flowering stuff from the summer, uh, getting in a few late bulbs into containers. Uh, every pot you picked up, it just needed some attention. But uh, the jobs done at this time of the year really give you a flying start for the spring. I'm beginning to uh, see where I've been on the veg plot. A fair bit of it is getting dug now. And again, a lot of green debris all needs clearing up and moving onto the compost heap. Remarkably, this is our 100th episode this week. Goodness, didn't think when I set off on the first podcast that we'd be uh, talking to you a hundred weeks later. My thanks to you for listening and especially to all our experts. You know, and I cast my eye down the list of all those names who've been kind enough to join us. We have some uh, really useful and interesting experiences. Great people. So thanks, all those uh, who accepted our call uh, to do an interview. And of course, uh, pretty well every week we were discussing the weather, and, and I can't not discuss the weather this week, because we had that killer frost. Goodness, it went to about minus two or minus three. Funny, it was a Tuesday evening, but by the time I was stirring Wednesday morning, it had gone off but it had been long enough there to do damage. I went to the Bell Pub at Woodham in Essex and they have some fantastic hanging baskets just at the front door and they'd got fuchsias there that were full of flower, even in late November. But I'm afraid that uh, evening frost turned those black. I was interested too to see two baskets of Busy Lizzie at a residential home and they were the leaves absolutely burnt by frost where they were exposed out to the air and yet close to the wall they were still fine. Just shows that if we want to give a bit of frost protection you just need to have things close to a south facing wall and it will give several degrees of frost uh, protection. Our guest today is very seasonal. It's Harry Brightwell, Secretary of the British Christmas Tree Growers Association. Harry, can you tell us something about your association? How many members and where are they? Uh, hi, Peter. Yes, we've got about 320 members and they're across the uh, whole of the UK, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales and uh, England, so um, we've got a good spread of members. And what's the situation look like this year for Christmas trees? Are we going to have enough? Yeah, we should have enough. I'm um, getting good reports from our members. The trees are looking good. 
the quality is good. The uh, quantity is out there, so people should be able to get their Christmas trees and have a good choice of Christmas trees to take indoors to look nice inside their house, really. Now, it's some time since I was uh, actually on the garden centre forecourt selling Christmas trees, and in my time it wasn't the best job in the world because there was a lot of uh, Norway spruce then. They weren't particularly shapely, and if it was cold and wet, uh, trying to tie them up with string was really not a very comfortable job. But that's all changed, hasn't it? It's all changed now. The uh, netting goes around the trees so that... um, It keeps the trees nice and compact, so it makes it easy for people when they're handling them, especially for the people once they've uh, chosen their tree, that uh, they pull it through the funnel and uh, it becomes nice and compact so it will fit inside the car for people to easily take home to um, take indoors. Those funnels were a brilliant introduction, weren't they? I think I saw them, first of all, in America a long time ago. And in my time... Trees weren't particularly shapely. I mean, you had to really sort through a big heap to find one that was nicely furnished. But today, every tree seems to be almost a perfect cone. Well, years back, the Christmas tree, I mean, when I was a child, the Christmas tree would probably have been the top of a a Norway spruce. Nowadays, it's become a much uh, bigger and better industry, and the trees are actually grown for the market the growers are busy all year actually on uh, shaping the tree and getting the tree to look good so that it's a much better product now than it was many years ago when probably when you used to handle them well when i saw the american example i referred to they were shaping them with a machete Um, you know they just sort of went out into the field with a very sharp blade could just trim the edge off. Uh, Presumably you don't use machetes now. Um, Well, some people still can use the machete, but on the Nordman, which is the most uh, popular tree nowadays, the uh, growers do what's called bud rubbing, which is um, uh, taking out the tips of the branches, and uh, so it actually does help the shape of the tree by making it more dense, and the the UK public do like a nice, dense Christmas tree to... um, bring inside so that it gives it that nice shape as well. Yeah, and you mentioned Nordman. That's much more popular now than the Norway that I referred to. Yeah, the we estimate that the Nordman uh, the Nordman fur now takes up probably about eighty percent of the market. We estimate that about six to eight million Christmas trees, real Christmas trees that is, are sold each year and eighty percent of those are now the Nordman and probably about 10 to 15% of the Norway spruce and 5% are some of the other varieties. And and Nordman, I mean, it's very unusual to see that drop its needles, isn't it? The the needles really stick. Well, the Nordman, they do refer to it as being non-drop, and that is because it has good needle retention. Part of the reason for that is that... um, Whereas years back, people only used to bring the tree in a few days or a week before Christmas. They now seem to be wanting to bring it in much earlier. So the Nordman is a better tree to retain its needles if the tree is brought in too early before Christmas. Yeah, and of course our central heating today will make uh, really dry atmospheres, won't it? Yeah, I mean the Christmas tree is uh, obviously a living plant and 
I often say to people, it's like a bunch of daffodils. If you um, don't give a bunch of daffodils water and you put it on top of a radiator, they're not going to last as well as if you um, put them in a vase, give them water and put them on a nice cool window ledge somewhere. When the family go out, as they often do, to buy their annual tree, what do you think they should be looking for? They're obviously going to be looking for a tree that's going to uh, fit nicely into the room where they're going to be putting it. One tip there really is um, to maybe measure up the room or measure up the space where the tree is going to uh, go, both the height, which people do, but also the width, because... Um, you, when you sort of take the tree home, you do want to be able to sit in the room with the tree and not just leave the tree on its own because yeah. you bought one that's too wide. But it, sometimes it is difficult because people often do concentrate on the height and not so much on the width. Um, it's often, to be fair, it's often the lady of the house that has a better eye for things like that. The children are always looking for taller ones and, uh, dare I say, the men also are often looking for the taller one, not really having weighed up the uh, space available to put the tree in. So I think, the, you know, the first thing to do is to actually have a look at the space and, you know, at least have a good idea in your head or if not measure it so that when you do go out and uh, look at the tree, you can quickly put the measure up against it just to make sure that it is, as well as looking good, it is going to fit nicely into the room. I mean, I'd never thought about measuring before I went out and have to admit to being guilty to usually having to cut the leader out and the poor old fairy was sort of stuck against the ceiling. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. well, people do seem to want to go for a bigger and bigger tree. I think the height of the tree that, uh, that people are taking home has actually increased. I think they do want one that's going to fit... Um, right up to the ceiling when the angel is uh, or the star is sitting on on top of the tree. It is only once a year that you actually take a tree indoors and so it is nice that people want to make the most of that occasion and to actually fill the room or fill the whole height with a tree. And we talk about taking in that lovely spruce or piney fragrance. The Nordman's not as strongly scented as uh, Norway spruce, is it? The Norway spruce, I think, it does have a stronger um, aroma about it and a stronger scent. Um, there are different varieties out there as well, but it, it is the Norman and the spruce which are the main ones. But I think it is a matter of you know, having a look at the tree and maybe if the scent is important, maybe have a little sniff of the tree as well before you buy it to so make sure that uh, it does give out a pleasant aroma for you. Um, I mean, what chance of getting Fraser Eye, for example, because that... That's similar to Nordman, isn't it? But... The Fraser's a nice tree as well. That has a good needle retention. The thing to do is for people to actually probably give a few places a ring. I mean, we spoke earlier on about our members, and uh, we do have a website, which is bctga.co.uk. And if listeners go to that website, put in their postcode, it will bring up a list of members close to them. They can then give them a call and ask them what sort of varieties of trees they've got and what sort of prices the trees are. So they've got a good idea before they actually set off as to uh, what might be available. And will some of those be selling container-grown trees as opposed to cut and lifted trees? Yeah, well, different members uh, specialise in different areas. Some of them will be concentrating on Nordman. Some will be probably doing Nordman and spruce. Some will be doing other varieties and some will be growing uh, pot-grown or they may be getting some pot-grown in from some of our other members so that they have a good choice of plants for people to uh, 
choose from. And if you buy a container, grown one, then really you want to take it in as close to Christmas as possible. It doesn't want to go in on the 1st of December, does it? Well, the container-grown ones, again, I think if you can keep them in a cool room and keep them nicely watered, then they should last fairly well. And when you take them out after Christmas, again, it's probably rather than just putting them out from the warm room into the freezing cold and giving them a bit of a shock, it might be helpful if you can maybe put them in a garage or something for a few days to sort of climatise them to the uh, cold weather which is out there. You know, certainly I've done that on both Norway spruce and Nordman, and uh, your growers may not like to uh, hear it, but, you know, I got a second year... Uh, out of both of those with a bit of care but they take a lot of water through the summer don't they? They do take a lot of water and similarly I've had um, pot grown ones which I've either kept in a pot or put into a, a well put into a larger pot or even planted in the ground sometimes when you plant them they do tend to sit and look at you for a little while before doing too much but maybe after a year or two they um, have grown a bit better and as you say you can probably cut them down then and bring it in so you can get uh, two for the price of one sometimes. Now there's one other question that that I must uh, ask you Harry. What about that Christmas tree in number 10? I mean who who, where's it come from? Do, do, Do the association provide that? What we do each year is we have a competition. This year was our 20th year actually so for 20 years we've been running a competition and all our members can bring along a tree, a six foot tree, so the sort of tree that you and I would buy to put inside your house. Um, and the people who attend the event, which really are other members, actually vote for which tree they feel is the best tree. That's on shape, colour, density. The sort, As I say, the best tree that they think people will buy. And the person who has uh, grown that best tree is awarded Grower of the Year and for becoming grower of the year, they are then entitled to provide a uh, 20 to 20 foot Christmas tree to stand outside number 10 Downing Street. And it must be a British grown Christmas tree. Oh, right. Do we know who it is this year? Yep, this year it was won by uh, John Juna from Far North Christmas Trees, actually in uh, Inverness. So this year it will be a Scottish grown tree which stands outside number 10 Downing Street. Goodness, that's a long way to bring it. (laughs) It's a very long way to uh, bring it, but it is um, part of the whole of the UK where our members are situated and a member from anywhere in the UK can win it. So uh, that's why this time it's coming all the way down from Scotland. And where do you stage your competition then? Well, the competition um, can be held in any member's site across the country. This one was actually held down in Somerset and the place where it was held is Secret Valley which has got a really lovely site for growing Christmas trees and we had that down there in uh, October, the 25th of October actually, beautiful sunny day and um, uh, it, it was a really good day and as I say there were a good number of people attended, we probably had about 150 members attend and um, we also pick a runner-up tree and the runner-up winner supplies a tree to go inside number 10 Downing Street in what's called the Pillared Room. And that, interestingly enough, was won by somebody down in Penzance. So this year, Downing Street's going to have a tree from 
shall we say, both corners of uh, of the UK, one from Penzance inside and one from uh, Inverness uh, or from Scotland outside. Goodness, that's, that's very diplomatic, isn't it, getting that kind of spread? That's just the way it uh, goes. I mean, there, um, I say we don't, you don't know whose tree it is because the trees actually uh, all have a brown envelope attached to them and inside the brown envelope is the details of the grower. And then when everybody is out actually looking at the trees which are being grown, uh, this time, as I say, down in Bridgewater in Somerset, um, I go round and put a number on the trees. So when people vote, all they're voting for is a tree number. So they don't know whose tree it is. So it is all uh, anonymous. And then what about the ring on the door? Well, the uh, the wreath as well, that's part of the competition. We have two categories there, natural wreath and decorated wreath. And this year it was won by um, H.A. Trim, who are based down near Guildford. So they will be providing a wreath to actually fit on the door of number 10. Does the grower actually get to see the light switched on or anything of that, or do they just deliver it? No, for the last few years, the Prime Ministers have been very um, pleased with the trees being delivered and the uh, wreath that's made. So the winners have actually been invited inside to a reception inside number 10, They've actually met the Prime Minister and have then gone outside to watch the Prime Minister, normally with some local children or children which have come in from a particular charity to turn the light on. So it becomes a real special event for them to see their Christmas tree lit up outside and to see the wreath hanging on the door of Number 10. A real pleasure it is. You can see it in their eyes and they're really pleased that all their hard work throughout the year is appreciated and it shows that number 10 are still actually going for real trees rather than these uh, artificial things that some people go for. Harry, what a great story. I'm very interested to hear that. Can't wait to see it lit up and then we'll know the background all the way from Inverness. That's it. It will be a real thing. And it should happen. We we think it will probably happen the first week in December sometime. Yeah. Well, we look forward to that. Harry, thank you very much for joining us. Wish you well. And a happy Christmas, if it's not too soon. Nice to speak with you, Peter, and a happy Christmas to you too. At Mr Fothergill's Seeds, uh, Tim Jeffries has had a Ties for Tim day, and apparently he's the only one who wears a tie. And, And for the children in need, he paid a pound to everybody who could wear a tie. Thank goodness for you, Tim, eh? I always wear a tie too. As a young man, I was told that when a man takes off his tie, he loses his dignity. So I don't really want to lose my dignity. And there must have been a lot of people at Newmarket that had their dignity on the Children in Need Day. I smiled too with a press release that came from Waitrose. They say that uh, they're reintroducing Fenland, in other words, blanched celery. And they say it was very popular in Victorian times. Victorian times? I mean, when I was a young bloke working in a greengrocer's, that's all we ever had. Uh, It was, uh, I think, the early 50s when green celery and self-blanching celery came in. And to my mind, it never tastes as good as that uh, fen-grown celery. One of the blokes uh, on the college with us in our year... uh, the late Brian Anthony, uh, he used to grow forced celery plants, uh, as a number of them did up in Whittlesey. 
and a pretty back-breaking job it was. They used to transplant the seedlings out into the floor of the greenhouse, you know, actually in the soil, and then with a wide shovel, actually shoveled the plants out to supply farmers by the million. Pretty back-breaking job. But I can tell Waitrose, it wasn't Victorian, it was very much in my time, and I can tell you, a stick of that forced celery... That's absolutely perfect at Christmas with a bit of cheese. If you missed the web address for the British Christmas Tree Growers Association, we've put it in the description of this podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Sutton's of Torquay. To my producer, Rich Jarman. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden and we'll be back next Thursday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.